This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector and inspector like a girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Today, our guest is no stranger to the program. We've got David Ray Sales from D Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC. And today, we'll put a focus on that plumbing. All right, so you can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. All right, folks, the new reality for Fix It 101 is that we're doing this remotely. I am at the studio. Uh, however, our experts are kind of in different places now. And, it, you know, they used to, we used to all gather here in the studio to do the show. But right now, all I have is a view of them from wherever they are on their Skype cameras. And uh, Jeff is is typically in his car this time uh, uh, surveying all that he uh all that he owns or all that he, I don't know what you'd say. And uh, Pam, on the other hand, Pam is uh, doing work on a computer, Pam? Is that, are you at home? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm in my office. Your home office. Okay, okay. So we got to eventually get all these folks back here at the uh, studio because, you know, they're kind of half here. Right. Jeff, yeah, you, are you still with you. me? I miss you guys. You miss me, Pam? Do you miss us? Okay, good. We'll all have to get back together. All right. Um, I hope Jeff is still with us. We're. Uh, I wanted to talk about something very particular this morning. Uh, and there's a lesson in this. Is There's a handyman DIY lesson in what I'm about to tell you that I did this weekend. You can't see this on the radio, but I have this weird... Uh, this weird thing on my hand that is in the shape of like uh, almost uh, a figure eight. Well, what that is, is where I um, was drilling something the other day. And I unfortunately, I know I, I was getting frustrated with this thing and I forced it. And what happens when you force it? Well, it slipped off, and that drill bit went straight into my hand. And um, yeah, so okay, here's the lesson of the day. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like you know, go to the hospital and get some clay and fill the whole thing. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was just you know, kind of a bad cut. But the the lesson in that is, folks, uh, if you're DIYing something, and if you find yourself forcing or making a tool do something that it doesn't really want to do, you're using the wrong tool. Okay, folks? If it, uh, it, tools get dangerous when you use them improperly. If you will use the proper tool, what I should have been using was a completely different type of bit. And I didn't do that. So what I did is made it hard on myself, and I had to put some put a little more torque behind it by putting some body weight behind it. And that's where I goofed up. So whenever you're doing these DIY things, ask the pros in the store, Hey, what would you use if you were going to install this thing and let them show you all the tools you should have? Because if you don't have the right tools, you end up a bloody mess like Jason. So there's your big uh, uh, moral story for the day. 
get the right tools. Don't you, think, don't you think, Jason, that a part of all of our toolkits needs to be a first aid kit? <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny because because uh, when this happened, I actually do keep that around. And from things we've talked about on this show, we've had several people call this show in the past and say, hey, keep a bottle of Afrin in your toolkit. Uh, the whole point of Afrin is to stop um, uh, stop bleeding, to, to close those capillaries and, and make it stop. So, And it works well, except for when I, what I happened to me the other day. That was a little deep. The other thing that's in my toolkit always that I did use, and it did work on the spot uh, to stop the bleeding, was super glue. And if you'll keep that, I know that sounds crazy. The military's been using it for forever, though. Super glue to to quickly close the wound. It worked great. I don't know what the doctors would say about that, but I, I hope you have a current tetanus shot. I do, I do. I well, uh, my wife and I talked about that. I got a tetanus shot in 2014, so I should be good for another, you know, three years. But at very least that's good. what they told me. Yeah, Ten very years. important to I make sure mine's current because I'm going in squirrely crazy places. And I wanted to mention one. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff is frozen again, but I wanted to tell him about you know how hot it is right now. Yes. It's just crazy hot. Brutal. And so the hottest place in your house right now is in your attic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's not even human right now to get up in there. No, it's just insane. So we're getting to the place where when we do our inspections of the attic, we're like a gopher. We stick our head up there, we look around, we come back down. Right. <laughs> and then we go back up and we inspect one thing and then we go back down because if you stay up in that attic, you could really have some problems. Well, and when we when it's we say awesome. that when you say that, uh, and I know this sounds insane to people because you're sitting in your home and let's say it's really burning hot outside. Let's say it's just brutal in the in the upper 90s with tons of humidity, just how it has been, you know, for the past few days. Um, and then it's hard for people to understand that even though their house might be 72 degrees inside uh, that attic can get up to 130 degrees, just right above you, you know, um, or more, or it's, more. It's right. just crazy. So I was doing an inspection the other day on this enormous house. So it meant it had an enormous attic. Right. And I was just dreading going in there and having to do that part. And when I opened up the door, oh, the attic was foamed. And I almost cried. I was so happy. <laughs> and wow. what that means is that the decking, they had sprayed it with foam. And so it was almost as cool as the house. Oh, wow. Marvelous. I was like, oh, thank now, you so much. I love whoever the builder was. <laughs> now, you know, that's funny because we've talked about that here on the show before. And uh, Jeff has mentioned, why are you going to cool off? Your attic space. Why would you spend money to cool this space? Anyway, uh, however, Jeff, are you still with us? Yes, I'm having some battery issues, but I think I've got it fixed. Okay. So so uh, you hear what we're talking about, about this. Uh, she went up into an attic, and the uh, it wasn't so blistering horribly right. hot because I guess well, they had closed the envelope. Yeah. According to Doug Rye uh, and a lot of a lot of the listeners know who Doug Rye is. Uh-huh. He is a he is in in favor of 
insulating the entire home, including the the, the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, me personally, I'm I'm not. I can't buy into that. I, I want to insulate the envelope that we're living in, mm-hmm. and not the 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 attic. Uh, it's just two two different schools of thought. Okay. So, I, I wanted to get that out. I felt like I remember you saying that before in the past. Uh, I can say from apparently the inspector's point of view, uh, they like the Doug Rye thing. So, <laughs> well, and you know what? Let me let me add add one more thing to that. And ninety, and I don't know the percentage. Ninety some odd percent of people's homes will never catch on fire. In the in the twenty two years I've been doing this, we've done two or three fires that they had their their attic insulated like Pam's talking about, mm-hmm. um, it definitely increases that insurance cost because you're not going to get the smoke out of that um, out of that insulation. Oh, so you got to pull the insulation. Well, uh, typically you're going just to remove the entire roof structure. Woo. Okay. Wow. So All it, right. does, it does increase your... Uh, your claim cost. Okay. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, one of the other things we wanted to talk about today uh, is what you just talked about, the heat being here. Everybody, please wear the right clothes, drink the water. It's it's it, it's a big deal. You know, the hospitals are full right now. It's not where you want to be. So if, if you know, if you're, uh, uh, if you're out in the heat, Take the right precautions because you can get sick this time of year. All right, you know what? It is time for us to go to a break or take our first break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to welcome D-Ray Sales to the conversation. We're not talk plumbing with a plumber in a while, so this could be good. Make sure to get your plumbing question in now. That number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or, of course, you can send an email, fixit one hundred one at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and Licensed Contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Our guest today is David Ray Sales from D-Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC. Uh, you can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877. Got a plumbing question? That's 877-MPB-RING. 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, so uh, D-Ray, are you with us, man? I'm with you. How are you doing this morning? Very good, sir. Very good. I've been. Uh, this is going to be fun. We've not had you on in, in a little while. We've got several plumbing issues that have come up. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to start before we get into this. Um, wanted to ask a question, D-Ray. You ready? How many of your calls are actually necessary emergency calls or just kind of cosmetic installing a new seat? I would look at them about 50-50. Really? 
50 50 yeah. emergency and just installing new plumbing. Yes. Okay. All right. That's when not you, bad. Yeah. When you talk about water heaters, you know, stop ups, all those are emergencies. You know, when something is fin the burst or at the urge of bursting or something is bagged up, hey, when it comes to plumbing, if it's not working, it's an emergency. Right. All <laughs> right. That's right. Okay. Only a plumber would know. Yeah. All right. You know what? Uh, I think I think we got it warmed up. Alec is on the line in Clinton. And, uh, Alec, what's going on? Right. Good morning. To, <clears throat> excuse me to you guys. Uh, two things. One, about the attic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, may I say that it seems that you guys don't know much about uh, environmental uh, construction of a house. Um, there's a product called tech shield that's a roof deck basically and it's just made out of you know wood product it's mm-hmm. really not all that strong but it what it looks like is you could only get it one place around here it happens to be a very fine company down in byram or that was true about uh 10 years ago when i did my roof and my brother-in-law did his it makes such a difference in the temperature of the attic that you guys were talking about what was the um, name of the product do you remember tech shield Tech Shield, T E C S H I E L D. Tech Shield. Is this, right. is this like it's the. Aluminum. Uh, yeah, it's an aluminum back decking, and, and we see it all the time. It's a great product. I know Jeff uses it. Okay. Okay. It makes a real difference. I'll say that. Uh, a real difference in the temperature of that attic. That plus the ridge vent together uh, uh-huh. that, you know, is always taking heat out. It makes a noticeable difference, and that's going to bring down the price of insulin air conditioning your house. Uh, and you put the real insulation uh, just above the ceiling. Right. You know, it, it's funny. We've had a couple of different uh, ideas on the show here from different callers regarding uh, the ridge vent and and whether in the south that's better than the, the what we call either a whirly bird or a, a powered unit to move air right. out of the attic. And, right. and there is, you know, there are different thoughts. Uh, patterns for which one you want to use here in the South. And and I guess a combination of different roof types to make sure that it works best for our superhuman environment would be the way to go. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your call. I want to caution, since we're talking about this, and and I've been talking about this for years, and maybe the caller has an opinion on it as well. Maybe Jeff will. The thermostatic fans that you're talking about, Jason, mm-hmm. that have the motor in it. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And the idea with that is that there's a thermostat on it and that it will come on and pull the air, the hot air, through the attic. Right. Well, a couple of things that concern me about that. One is that we're going to put a motor in an environment that will average about 120, 130 degrees. Right. <laughs> In the summer, and so you're going to be replacing that motor at the tune of about $500 every three or four years. Um, Wow. So I'm just not a fan. And another thing that thermostatic fan will do is that if you have not sealed your envelope, in other words, if you have any gaps Mm -hmm. in your between the living area of your home and the attic. and your attic, like where there's a light fixture, right? <laughs> if you pull down that sconce, there's a hole, right? And then recessed lights that have the casing on the back side of the sheetrock, so mm-hmm. you don't see the casing because the light is recessed, right? 
that's not sealed and you have a thermostatic fan, then every time that fan comes on, it doesn't segregate, oh, I'm just going to take the air from the from the vents, right. the solid vents. I will take it from everywhere I can get. So now we're going to pull our conditioned air in our house up into our attic because we've got a thermostatic fan. Ladies and gentlemen, so we have an official opinion on those things. Yes, I am not a fan of those. I, I like the thermal guard. The most economical thing you can do is a thermal guard, which is what he's our thermoplex or the, the aluminum backing decking. Right. And, and if you jump. want to use a turbine, use a turbine, but just make sure it, it's turning. Right. Okay. <laughs> if it's not, it's not doing anything. All right. Um, I have another question. So, yes, a sir. A different question. Um, so I just moved out of an old house into a house that's newer to me, but built in 1983, and both had the problem of commo- uh, toilets that are slow in flushing. Can I just get a plumber to come and just ream out those? Pipes that lead below the house away from the toilet. This shouldn't be a problem, right? Uh, D-Ray, what do you think about that? Most of the time when that toilet is slow and flushing, it can be a multiple of problems. But 90% of the time, it's that those little holes that's right under the seat where the water comes into the toilet, they will, they will, will just crud up. And you can take a clothes hanger or something with a like an ice pick and just go back in and open that that holes up, get that crust out of there. That'll give you that where that water is flushing in. That'll give you a better flush. Well, I'm talking about when it flushes out. I'm talking about that part yeah. that's slow. When it when it flushes out, if you don't have enough water coming in, it's not going to push it out. That's not the problem. The pro- I mean, I, that's slow, too. It is, but but I'm not worried about that. But it's slow going down, the toilet is. Okay. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. Sometimes when that water is not coming in properly, it's not going to go down properly. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. It, and is, is anything else, is your bathtub, anything go, slow going down? They seem to drain well, yeah. How long has it been since you changed the kits inside the uh, tank? It's Alec. probably been some years. That might be something to to look at, especially if you've got gummed up parts there. Mm-hmm. And you can adjust that. And if you adjust that flapper just right, if that flapper is not going all the way up properly and holding up at a right time, it's right. not going to let the right water come through it to push it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all just gravity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try those things. Thank you, sirs. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, keep on moving. Um, D-Ray, hang on with us here. I've got a couple of questions. I've got one from email here from Paul. You ready? My gas water heater is suddenly producing a lot less hot water. My wife and I used to be able to take a shower back to back, but over the past week or so, it seems like we can barely get through one. Um, the pilot light is on. I turned up the heat thinking that would help. However, nothing has worked. Is there an easy fix to this or is this something that I'm going to have to replace? What say you, D-Ray? Water heater probably needs to be flushed. Water heater needs to be flushed. Yeah. Cut the water off. Hook your water hose to that little spout. Flush it out. 
and uh, sometimes I'd get that sediment out because 90% of the time you have that sediment that's in the tank, and you have more sediment than you have hot water. Oh, okay. All right, so he can just wash that out. Now, there's a uh, let's, let's be a little bit more uh, uh, specific here. So on the side of your water heater, there's uh, what looks to be like a, a spigot? Yes. Okay, so you can just plug like a uh, you can uh, screw a garden hose onto this thing. Exactly. Okay, and then what? And then you cut your gas off, cut your control valve, cut that, cut the gas off. Uh huh. Cut your cut your water off on the top, and uh, and just kind of open up one faucet to where it can get a suction on it. Uh huh. And uh, on the hot side, and it'll just it'll just flush out. And after you get that on, cut your water on for about. I would say about three to five minutes to let it flush whatever that's inside of there. Let it run for about five minutes. Take everything back down, start it back up, and you're good to go. Okay. Um, I have a question about that. Yeah, what go about the, um, can you? Ch- is it a DIY project to change out the anode on the top, or is that something that has to be done? That Hang chemical, on. you know, the little thing that you screw out of the top? Basically, the time when it's time to change that handlord is when you get that heavy smell in your water. Does a heavy smell? Is that like a sulfur it's smell? Eggy. It's an eggy, uh, eggy smell, like a rotten egg. Yeah, eggy. Okay, yeah. Like yeah. a sulfur smell. Yeah. All right. Um, does that answer your question, Pam? Well, I was wondering if that um, would cause, if that anode has gone bad, and they do. I mean, they just, if you, especially if you've got real hard water. Is that causing the deposit buildup in the water heater? That analog is there to to get that that deposit out of there, but most of the time it's going to be a when we remove water heaters, ninety percent of the time it's about half filled with sediment. Wow! Like a almost like a gel, it just sits in the bottom of that water heater. That's something and that, else. How often should you flush a water heater? I would say once a year. It's the same thing like servicing your your air condition. We normally we recommend once a year. All right, that just got and on that's the list. Something a DIY person can do themselves. Yeah, yeah. All right, that just made some weekend lists. I promise you, D. Ray. Uh, <laughs> number to call is eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's time for another break today. We look at your plumbing problems with D. Ray Sales, and then when we come back, we've got some plumbing maintenance tips for you to follow uh, to keep you leak and busted pipe free. Stay tuned. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven. 672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app.
You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And our guest today is David Ray Sales, D-Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our public media app, MPB Public Media app. Okay, folks, the uh, calls are lining up so let's see where am i going to go first let's go to sydney and jasper and uh what's going on sydney hey how y'all doing very good man i, I appreciate y'all y'all will go just the average poor man like me and i thank you hey no problem <laughs> <laughs> uh this what i got and i need your advice on this i'm getting some gutter from this lead filter or company you know, to put the gutters up and put that field on top of Yes, sir. Yeah. What's your recommendation about them? Or do you think they are good, uh, a good legitimate company or what? Well, we, I, I don't know if we can comment on a company. Um, yeah. I, I can say that say that uh, if they're, they're, they're selling a particular product, is it a particular branded product? No, uh, it's just that they're the one that uh, sell these gutters. The gutters not plastic; they aluminum. And then the filter that go on top of them, they got kind of like a steel mesh to keep everything out. A steel mesh, yeah. I've seen yeah. that before. Yes, sir. I mean that's that's not an uncommon product to come across. I mean, uh, a lot of people have. You know those gutters. We we have talked on the show before that you don't want the small gutters. That typically the problem with the plastic gutters is that they're only four inches, and and the water sometimes running off the roof will just run right past it. So yeah, I did have six six inches. There you go, six inch gutters. Okay, it. I mean, you know that sounds like decent gutters. I mean, what do you what do the pros think? Uh, Pam, Jeff. Well, I would yeah, use my, the installation to make sure that it's done correctly, and okay. you could do some research on that. I've seen so many gutters put up incorrectly, and if you put up a gutter wrong, you have just created a maintenance nightmare. Okay. Jeff, your thoughts there? Yeah, my only comment on the, on the I call it a leaf guard, and a if I'm understanding this right, it's almost like a screen material. Yes, sir. That is, there's several different kinds, but I think the one you're describing is a screen. Those work real well with a leaf. They do not work very well with a pine needle. Oh, good, so good to know. Be just, just yeah, just just be aware of that. Uh, so if you've got pine needles, I haven't needles, found anything stuck. on the market that works well with pine needles. No, I've got a friend that installed the. Uh, Personally, I, I have a friend that installed like the uh, their triangular kind of sponges uh, that you put in there. Uh, I've seen someone use that, and but you're right. right. The pine straw just sticks to everything, so it, it's that's, that's a right. good point. Especially that mesh, you got to get up there and pull that pine straw from the that's mesh. Right. So uh, if you're if you're surrounded yep. by oak it, trees, you, know you got what? it. All right, uh, let's, yeah. let, let's keep going here. Um, next on the line is Joe. Uh, Joe, what's going on? Yes, look, I'm talking about uh, air conditioning. Yes, sir. 
Hey, look. Uh, well, okay, a surge or something like that. The other day, um, I, I don't... They're like a surge or something came in and knocked my air conditioning out, my two TVs and a couple of other stuff on. But now, I mean, the... The land is still working, but everything is weak. I cut one line off one room, really mess with the other room and all that, you know. If I go back to the break and try to trip, it won't, you know, it don't trip like it should or something. How long would that right. be? Uh, I want to do like a third or something. So you got, you got a surge. It took out pretty much everything. And then you were able yeah. to just bring some things back up? Uh, well, that's all that You know, when the... Compression trying to come on, you know, the air conditioning, it, the fan, work, but when it compressed, it, it, it's not strong enough. Right. So I put one light up, everything is weak. All the stuff is still coming on, but they're weak. Sometimes right. the light, the light's going to be, you know, then it's brightening up a little bit. And... Well, we have a guy just for you. D-Ray, go for it. Sound like he have, uh, that might have been a surge came in from the electrical side. And it sounds like on the neutral, it may be the neutral we have found where inside of the meter base, the neutral kind of curled up. Sometimes in the old house, they use some of that aluminum wire. And then on some of the meter bases, you are, you know, you're still able to use some aluminum wire. I don't know what area you're in, but you need electrician. Okay, so, so in this... Yeah, and uh, Pam Pam is shaking her head right now that this is not uh, DIY. Uh, well, I was like, I'm not a little bit, you know, I'm in the military now. Don't you ever have to let Right. Oh, okay. But, but the thing that I won't say, but I I, I talked to a couple other electricians. They said, you know, since that new what electric system, something they get uh-huh. that uh, that it might be they can do the. Through the, through the, you know, through the meter, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, either on your, sometime on your meter, the prongs where your meter's setting in at, uh-huh. sometimes they're widen out on one side, they get hot, and, uh, but. Like, like a plug into an outlet, yeah. I, I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Well, yeah, I, you, you know, that's uh, the, the idea, though, I will say this. Uh, it doesn't, you don't really want to get an elect. If you don't want to do an electrician, man, just be real careful. You're, you're on the supply side over there. Um, that's a bad place to be hey, playing. Hey around. guys. Yeah. Hey, let, let me, let me interject. Yes. Um, start with energy. I've had some experience yeah. with, with what you just described and what it sounds to me like is you lost one leg of your service. Yes. Um, meaning lightning struck your house, something something happened to give it this power surge. My first phone call is going to be to Entergy. They will come check that for you uh, prior to you calling this, this electrician. Right. But or, it sounds or, like an energy issue to me. Or whomever his power company is. Oh, yeah, I'm assuming he's in Mississippi. Right, right. All right. Um, is that is that is that good for you? There we go. Bert? No, no, that's Hello? Joe. All right, Joe. Um, I hope that helps out. 
look look for that. Call your local power company that you pay money to, and they should have where you start in this project. All right, Bert uh, is in Ridgeland. What's going on with your water heater, Bert? Well, uh, fortunately, it's not mine, but D-Ray speaks D-Truth. Um, my in-laws uh, had a two-year-old water heater that uh, quit working, and I knew it was new, so I went up and took a look, uh, read the error code, uh, called the manufacturer, and they said it was a bad thermostat. Uh, unscrewed that. They sent it to me under warranty. Unscrewed that, and what looked like rock salt came out. Really? And uh, they said it was sediment, and that's what caused the thermostat to go bad. Um, they said drain it, obviously, to, to redo the thermostat. I could never get it to drain out because, like he said, it was about half full of this rock salt sediment. I'm assuming that's like some sort of calcium deposit, right. maybe? Yeah, something like yeah. that. But it would never drain out. Uh, uh, they, I wish I could tell you the manufacturer. I can't remember. Um it wasn't a, a big name brand, right? But it may be a big commercial brand that I just can't recall. They, this was again, like I said, two years old or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of a full replacement warranty situation, they replaced it for, uh, free of charge. Huh. Uh, um, in a situation where they said it normally wouldn't cover it because it was sediment. Uh, and we'd never drained it, but over two years, I didn't know you should. So they said we won't cover it again. But uh, if you drain it two times a year, this shouldn't be a problem. Two times a year. Wow, that's some maintenance. Okay. Well, a little bit of a pain, but obviously a relatively easy thing to do with the hose and such. Right. Okay. Well, oh, thank you very much, Bert. Hang on. I had, I had an electrical question. Yeah. All right. I did a DYI. Put in a motion sensor light in our bathroom. Okay. Great situation. Looks like somehow uh, it's working. Great. Perfect. Except it looks like there must have been, and and I'm obviously a minor league DYI. um, I don't know what you would call it, but it looks like there was some connector to two different light switches that dealt with the same fixture. Mm Mm-hmm. And now those other two don't work. Right. Uh, that was probably a three-way switch, if I'm right. You, anybody want to jump in there? Pros? <laughs> Please? That's what it sounds like. <laughs> how many times, how many switches could you turn that light on with? One. Hmm. Okay. I that wouldn't be a three-way the, switch. Then. Yeah. wonder if it was, did it also control a fan? No. No, now, the, the two other uh, um, fixtures in this bathroom, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, there's seven different things. Um, two sink lights have switches by themselves, mm-hmm. and then a tub light, a shower light, a general light and fan are on one one panel, one switch, and then a, a toilet light fan is on another. You know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering if it's a double lug neutral problem. If yeah, you're, probably. if you went back to your, and what I mean by that is when you add a motion sensor, it gets hotter or it's going to pull a little bit more. And if you go back to your main panel, now I could be totally off on this, but if you go back to your main panel, 
and you look at that and you have two or three neutral wires all going underneath one lug and then you come back to your bathroom and you've added a different type of fixture, it could be that those have overheated. And that's what's causing the, in other words, the circuit is getting interrupted at, at the circuit board because you've got too many neutrals underneath one lug. And that's an install problem. I mean, that would be an electrician. That's not a DIY project. You need to get somebody else to take a look at that. Okay. Uh, what, I've called one. They had to return to call. So is it, is it a fix out on, on the main breaker panel or in the bathroom? Hmm. It's at in your that, service box. It could be. That's where I would start because it sounds like that might have been what happened. Because what we'll see when there's a double lug neutral, you have too many white wires going underneath one lug. And what will happen is that you get a bad connection because that lug only needs one wire. And when you cram a bunch of them in there, then you start having issues with the circuits. So that bathroom circuit may not be getting a proper connection. So it's your service, it's the box, and people call it different things. It's probably in your laundry room. Sometimes it's in your garage. Um, but you don't want to be, t- unless you have some experience, you don't want to be taking that panel off. <laughs> D- D-Ray, you were going to jump in there? When, yeah, when you went in that in that box in the bathroom to, to make that connection, you had neutrals over by itself where those neutrals were tied in. Did you make sure that, when you tie it back in on those wire nuts, make all those wires within there where you can make that connection? To my knowledge, yes. Because I like that answer. If one wire gets to where it's not making that connection, you might snug up on those wire nuts a little bit more. Because if, if one neutral or hot is not giving the signal back to those other fixtures, is the fix is not going to work. So I would go back into that switch that you installed and see if you're uh, completely connected all the way first, yeah. based yeah. on what D-Ray's saying. And then uh, if if you're getting no love there, then you go to the box where Pam is talking about. Well, oh, yeah. I may flip the uh, breaker and take a look at that, but more than likely I'm going to retry this electrician request. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Good job. Thank y'all. All right, thanks, Bert. Uh, let's, let's keep on moving. We're going to go to V in Waynesboro and she's got a leaky roof. What's going on V? Yes. Uh, uh, a leaky, uh, trailer roof. Um, some ceilings has fell through. I painted it with the white elastrometric roof guard mm-hmm. and was able to repair some holes with net web and tar paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it did, um, with two coats, so it did rain thereafter, and I saw one small leak. Is there anything that I can do to hold the roof um, to keep it from um, um, raining um, into the uh, trailer until I can get a tin roof? Do you? Uh, well, I mean, how how long are you looking to keep the water out? Um, as long as possible. Well, I mean, uh, when when do you expect getting a new roof? Uh, um, a couple of months. Okay, is this something you can throw a tarp over for a couple of months? Right. I, you know, uh, unless the pros have got something better than that, uh, a $7 tarp might not be a bad idea. Sure. Pam? You know, if you're o- if you're only going to use that temporarily, then yes, go ahead, go ahead and put the tarp on it. 
You know, my only concern with that is that if the leak is around, and I'm not real familiar with trailers, my only concern with tarps, especially on a DIY, is that if you've got a plumbing boot up there and you cover that, now you've just created a whole other situation. Right, so you can't cover a vent or anything of that nature up there. You just, meaning if you've got a tarp, you can't cover it. Well, I mean, you can. Right, right. Once. <laughs> you want yeah. to. But now just, you know, we go back to D-Ray. You cover that vent. Now, yeah. you know, water normally goes down because it's got a vent going up. And if you cover that vent, you've just created some plumbing problems. Yeah. Yeah, V, if it's just going to be a few months, you can honestly hold out for not much money if you're just talking a few months. You can even double layer those things if you want. They're not expensive. Uh, you put them up there, and they're they're going to crack and fade and die, you know, after not long with a lot of sun and rain. Uh, you've seen it before after, like, a tornado comes to town. You see all the tarps, and they last a few months, and then they're gone. Well, they're you know, you can get one or two of those to to limp you along until you get the roof. Sure, that sounds good. Thank you. Sure. Okay. All right. So uh, there we go. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. It's time for our last break of the hour. Still have time to get your home improvement question uh, answered this morning. Call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on at 877 877- MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam. Pam, Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspector Like a Girl, Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Our guest today has been David Ray Sales from D-Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC. We're going to go straight to it, guys, here real quick. Oh, by the way, we mentioned the tarps last uh, last break for covering a, basically a, a small leak hole in the roof for uh, maybe a couple of months until a new roof can be put on. Remember, folks, every DIY thing doesn't have to be permanent, doesn't have to be perfect, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money if you can get around it, especially for a temporary situation like that. So here we go. Uh, D-Ray, I, before we go to the phone, I've got an email here that's just a great question for you. How hard is it? to replace the wax ring in the toilet. I saw it on TV years ago, and it looks simple. Cindy, what do you think, D-Ray? Wax rings, they can be simple in certain cases. They can be uh, simple in certain cases. That made no one want to go home and do that. Yes, because if the the boat that attached the toilet to the floor, if they are rusty and corroded, it's going to be a monster. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Toilet was put in with, you know, with they had to level it. It's going to be a monster to get it back level again. 
Right, right. Okay. Well, and I've done this before myself. And, folks, one thing I would caution against is that if you're a single, just a, a one person, if you're one person doing this, remember uh, that thing that you never think about in your house, the toilet, if you've never picked one up, it's made of porcelain. It's heavy, very heavy. And if you don't get rid of the water, you're probably not going to pick it up. So uh, just remember, if you decide to replace your wax ring, have, you know, have a a 19 year old boy around somewhere that can pick the toilet up because they're heavy. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's keep going. Mikey's on the line in Mobile. Got a suggestion for V. What's going on, Mikey? Sure, I'm fine. Um... Mikey? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought. No, yeah, go for it. Was... Uh, yes, sir. I'm the tarp queen of Mobile. I'll tell you. The tarp Hurricane. queen of Mobile. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I have a, t- a tarp currently over my pickup truck. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, also, uh, I've used it on roofs because I'm. Have, you know, we have these little hurricane things like, like you know, it's kind of a nervous season here now. Uh, but I've used very successfully, I found, um, in a place where the galvanized uh, stuff that goes in, where the, the roof is comes together at an angle, and that galvanized that's supposed to make it run off had rusted through and was leaking. Mm-hmm. And I, I used, uh, it cost about $15.00. To get a roll of the flex tape, right? The stuff you used to see it advertised all the time, and it mm-hmm. has lasted an incredibly long time. Flex and tape. Also keep, and yes, and keep and keep the the you know you're going to have leftover. So that was fifteen foot long thing. So fifteen bucks. That's really cheap, you know. Right. And uh, especially for something that works. But keep the the rest of it because I've I've used the patches for everything to <laughs> to um, patch the and re-leak proof my uh, the bottoms of my worn out plastic. Otherwise, you're going to be guessing. Okay. You're going to spend money. Guess. 
No, don't spend money guessing. I think I think there's your answer right there. Go ahead and uh, get somebody out there with a camera, a plumber, somebody that can get down there and see what's going on. Because obviously, you don't have enough information yet on this. Right. All right. Sorry, Mikey. Uh, I don't know if we can get to Diane. I don't think so. Diane, I'll get to you a little bit later. I am so sorry. This has been... a. A heck of a show. Yeah, she's calling all the way from Florida. we got a, a heck of a show today, and we'll have another one coming up. Remember, you can hear this show again. Uh, we're the warm-up act for Felder Rushing's Gestalt Gardener on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. So look for us there. Fixes 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, our call screener. Uh, was Java Chapman. For Pam Pipas, Jeff Simmons, and our guest David Ray Sales, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.